This is the Neighborhood Conversations Podcast. Today's episode was originally recorded on January 21st, 2024. Neighbors, I want to share with you a reading from the Gospel according to John, chapter 1, verses I'm going to read 35 through 51. Will you stand as you're willing and able as we hear these words from the Gospel? Listen. Listen. Listen to what God is saying to us, God's people, through these words. The next day, John was standing again with two of his disciples. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm supposed to apologize first. I should make a note here. I changed some of the names of the folks in this um, for reasons. Um, But as it turns out, in this passage, there is a name change. And so I figured that's just a thing we can do, right? Okay, cool. So now we're diving in. The next day, John was standing again with two of his disciples. When, G- when John saw Jesus walking along, he said, Look, the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard what he said, and they followed Jesus. When Jesus turned and saw them following, he asked, What are you looking for? They said, Rabbi, which is translated teacher, where are you staying? He replied, Come and see. So they went and saw where he was staying, and they remained with him that day. It was about four o'clock in the afternoon. One of the two disciples who heard what John said and followed Jesus was Andromeda, the sibling of Simon Peter. They found their own brother Simon and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which is translated Christ. They led him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him, at Peter, at Simon, and said, You are Simon, son of John. You will be called Cephas, which is translated Peter. See? Name change. The next day, Jesus wanted to go into Galilee, and he found Philip. Jesus said to him, Follow me. Philip was from Bethsaida, the hometown of Andromeda and Peter. Philip found Nathanael. You catching up with me? Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found the one Moses wrote about in the law and the prophets, Jesus, Joseph's son from Nazareth. Nathanael responded, can anything from Nazareth be good? (laughs) Philip said, come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and said about him, here is a genuine Israelite in whom there is no deceit. Nathanael asked him, how do you know me? Jesus answered, before Philip called you, I saw you under a fig tree. Nathanael replied, Rabbi, you are God's son. You are the king of Israel. Jesus answered, Do you believe because I told you that I saw you under the fig tree? You will see greater things than these. I assure you that you will see heaven open and God's angels going up to heaven and down to earth on the human one. This is the word of God for us, the beloved people of God. Will you say thanks be to God? Amen and amen. Neighbors, will you pray with me? Gracious God, thank you for this day that you have made. God, thank you for the gift of cold air, which can brace our bodies and wake us up, but also remind us of the goodness and comfort of warm and safe places. God, warm us up today with your spirit and with the warmth of this community. God, I ask that you would speak through me and in spite of me, through me and in spite of me, that what we hear is your message to us and what we all understand is your love for us and indeed for the whole creation. God, I pray and ask this in the name of Jesus, the one who is right here with us, ready and eager to meet us 
and to introduce us to all of his friends. God, I pray it in his name, and so do all of us. Amen. So one of my best friends from college, Elizabeth, I met on the third day of freshman orientation at Oxford College of Emory University. All of the incoming freshmen had been broken up into, you know, like orientation groups. I don't know if they did these things at your college. And there were like whole days of mixing and mingling and getting to know new people. And on the third day, they loaded us all up into buses and they took us for a picnic at Fort Yargo State Park, which if you know Georgia and where Oxford is and where that place is, it's like an hour plus away, which it was kind of a random trip. It like made no sense why we were going there, but that's beside the point. So I remember sitting down on the bus and, you know, like turning around, because I was definitely in that meeting people mode, and I turned around to just see who was sitting behind me, and there I met Elizabeth and her roommate Molly. Now, Elizabeth is one of the most gregarious people to ever have lived, and she immediately spoke up in her deep Cornelia accent, hi, I'm Elizabeth, what's your name? And we have been friends ever since. Can you remember the precise moment when you met some of your best friends? The kids were thinking about just a second ago. Did any memories come up in your mind, shining that memory light into those dark places? Feel free to think about that for a second. And if you have any stories that are coming up for you, we'd love to hear those in the chat of the online stream. So do you have a strong memory of that meeting moment? Some friends, I can tell you the precise moment and context where we met, and some friends have felt like, you know, they've always been there. Or maybe they were always in the mix, people that I was in school with and class with, and then over time they moved into the foreground of my life. You know how that kind of works sometimes. But my guess is that there are many people, whether in some kind of mundane way or in a delightful meet-cute, as the young people say, There are as many people in your life that you can recall the exact moment that you met. And in the Bible, all of the gospel writers like to show us a little glimpse of how people meet Jesus or how Jesus meets them. Here in the Gospel of John, we have some little stories about how Jesus and some of the folks we now call disciples or even apostles, how they all get connected Traditionally, if you look into the Bible, these stories are often given headings in the literal printed version of the Bible that say things like, Jesus calls the disciples. But it's not exactly that straightforward. For example, in this passage that we just read, the first two folks that we meet were already followers of John the Baptist, right? And it's John who says, look, y'all, it's the Lamb of God, the one that I was telling you about. And they start following Jesus. They, they smash that like and subscribe button. Okay, this is before social media. I think that the text means that they literally started to tag along with Jesus. I think to like follow along behind him because in the text, Jesus turns around and says, you know, what anyone would say when two random people start literally following you. Jesus says, what are you looking for? Or maybe, can I help you? And they ask, Where are you staying, which is first century for where can we find you later? And Jesus says, well, come and see. 
So what's your Instagram handle, right? That's sort of the first century equivalent. So these folks, the person named Simeon who gets a new name, Peter, and Andromeda, I think we're all getting new names, they find Jesus based on the recommendation of a person that they already loved and trusted. They find Jesus, and Jesus says, all right, come along and see what I'm up to. And then the next day, Jesus goes into town and meets Philip. And Jesus says, follow me. And Philip does. Okay, cool. And then Philip goes to Nathaniel, presumably another friend, and says, you know how we were just talking the other day about, you know, the Messiah and how we hoped we could find the anointed one of God in our lifetimes? And OMG, Nate, we have found the one who Moses wrote about in the law and the prophets, Jesus of Nazareth. And Nathaniel is like, really? Nazareth? Which is sort of like saying, really? Insert any place that you have a bad opinion of. Sort of like, really? Helen, Georgia? And Philip replies, come and see. And when Nathanael comes to meet Jesus, Jesus sees him and pays him a compliment. Here is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. As in, maybe in a modern way, here is an American who knows what's up. <laughs> and Nathanael asks, like, how do you know me? We've just met. And Jesus says, oh, well, I saw you the other day when you were sitting under a tree, and I really liked your style from a distance. I'm adding that part in. And Nathaniel is like immediately sold. The text says that the next thing he says is, Rabbi, you are God's son, the king of Israel. It escalates quickly. He is all in really quick. And Jesus is like, is that all it takes? Believe me, you will see greater things than this. I hope you stayed with me through all of that. It's a lot of coming and going, right? But there's several things that I love about this passage with all of its just really deeply human interactions. It's filled with regular people doing the things that regular people do, talking with friends and family, going into town, sitting in the shade of trees, and in this, some divine connections are being made. See, we have the sibling pair, Andromeda and Peter, and we have an unrelated set of friends, Philip and Nathaniel, and they all meet Jesus in different ways that are pretty normal on one level. One of them sees Jesus and tells their family member, and they follow Jesus together. One of them meets, Jesus, Jesus meets, and then they introduce their friends to Jesus with a recommendation. While so much of the language in this passage has come to have a religious context, a religious meaning, the words like follow and call and leading people to Jesus, I think it's really helpful to put down that layer of meaning sometimes and just hear this story in the most concrete way. These are very basic human interactions that happen in the social sphere, people meeting people in the world as we do. So I like to focus on this layer because we who are involved with Christian community sometimes get a little too spiritual. Like spiritual is good. It's very good, in fact. It's probably why we're here. But the truth of the matter is that everything spiritual is also connected to things that are material and tangible. 
We get too spiritual when we make all of our connections with God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit disconnected from our everyday interactions with the world and with other people. God, the living triune God, made known to us in Jesus of Nazareth, this God shows up in the world every day and meets us where we live. And sometimes other people meet God, meet Jesus, they encounter the Holy Spirit, they meet the divine, and they tell us the story. And they help us find the divine in that same place too. These things happen in very concrete ways. A friend decides after lots of soul searching that they want to give church another shot. But they want to find a church that's not mixed up in the old ways that have harmed us, and, and all of that white supremacist and anti-queer stuff. And so they start looking for a church, for a community of Christ followers who mean what they say and who embrace all kinds of queer people and are working to be anti-racist. This friend starts with a Google search and finds a church on Instagram, and they decide to participate in online worship to see what it's like. It seems like this church might be the real deal, so they come in person, and they meet some of these church folks, and they seem to be pretty great and interested in the same kind of community that they are. And the preacher is, well, brilliantly intelligent and delightfully tall. And so they start to attend the in-person service when they can, and they begin to tell their friends, and then they tell you about this church that they have found. You decide to give it a shot one Sunday, and look, here you are. Or maybe on a warm summer afternoon, you decide to take your kids to the park. And that particular day, there are several families with kids playing, and you notice a table set up on one side of the playground, and some folks clustered around what look like, you know, coolers. And these people are giving away low-sugar, fruit-forward, natural popsicles for free, just because popsicles are nice when it is hot. And you ask, why are you doing this? And one of them says, oh, well, we go to the church up the hill there, and we just like to share kindness and to meet folks that we haven't met yet. Would you like a strawberry or a peach popsicle? (laughs) My name is Andy. What's yours? See what I mean? Building spiritual community doesn't have to be overly spiritual. It's a spiritual practice, but it is an embodied spiritual practice made tangible and material through internet searches and conversations with friends and chance encounters with kindred spirits with frozen juice in the park and all the other ways, too. Take another moment and think, how did you find your way into this community, into this church? Was it through an internet connection, a friend or family connection? Were you a part of the founding of this church and its merger just several years ago? Did this community find you somewhere? Did you receive a vision and a dream to drive here this morning? I would really like to hear that story. Or was it more ordinary? There are so many ways that it happens, and all of these stories are wonderful to share, and I really would love to hear them over a cup of coffee or lunch sometime. But any way that it happens, it is ultimately the light meeting us where we are. 
God is showing up in the world and shining into our lives and inviting us into deeper relationship, a relationship that heals us and shapes us, that restores us over time as we go, as we explore and as we grow. God shows up in our ideas and our inspiration. God shows up in our friends and family. God shows up to us as strangers under trees in parks. As Richard Rohr says, God shows up disguised as our life and meets us and invites us to deeper connection. One more point. Part of what this text shows us is that the light meets us where we are. And some of the folks in the story, I think probably all of the four proto-disciples in this passage, they were already looking for the light. They were looking for the light through the work of John the baptizer. They were studying the writings of the law and the prophets to know more about the light when the light appeared. They were already searching to meet the light. So these connections, when people point out, to Jesus, point out Jesus to family and friends, when Jesus calls to them and invites them, when Jesus sees them under trees, these folks were not simply minding their own business. They are, in fact, already looking for something, looking for someone. They are already looking to meet God. And they find the light and they jump in, or the light invites them and they accept. They stretch past their assumptions and discomfort about Nazareth, and they meet the light. Neighbors, don't ever think that we have to be salespeople for God. That's not our work as a church community. We are not in sales, y'all. We aren't selling anything. Our job is to meet people, as many people as we are able, and the light will help us meet the ones who are already searching for us, looking and hoping and praying for a church who will love them, all of them, all of who they are. Our job is to just be us, and to be open to new connections with creativity and energy and imagination and love. And the light will do the heavy lifting. The light will help us meet the folks who are looking for us. And our job is to be ready. So what does this readiness look like? I think these days it looks like a couple of things for us here in Neighborhood. First, I think it looks like practicing two skills. Enthusiastic welcome and gentle, kind connection. Enthusiastic welcome is when people, by whatever means, come to us. They come and see through the internet, or they summon raw bravery and they walk through those doors, and y'all, we ought to be delighted that they have shown up because we have been expecting them. We have been expecting you today. We are ready with clean and inviting space. We are ready with coffee and snacks. We are ready with a warm smile and a kind greeting. If we are going to live out our values and be a truly welcoming community, and welcome, y'all, is where anti-racism and LGBTQ celebration and inclusion of every kind, welcome is where that meets the road, y'all. If we're going to be who we say that we are, then our welcome has to be excellent, top-notch overwhelmingly thoughtful, inspiring. 
We have to not just be ready for the people who have been searching for us. We have to be ready, ready, if you know what I mean. And y'all, we know how to do this. We can and we do practice this with excellence. But y'all, we need everybody's help to be on this team. Y'all, if you want to be a part more deeply of this ministry of welcome, if you want to be on the welcome team, shoot me an email and we will get you on the team. It's not complicated. It just takes showing up. And we need everybody's help. The other skill to practice is gentle, kind connection. This skill involves openness to noticing when people express in conversation or action that they are looking for something like neighborhood. This might come up with a family member or an old friend or could come up with a chance conversation with a neighbor or a stranger at the grocery store. But when you notice the opportunity, your job, your commitment is to speak up gently, humbly, with kindness that you might just know of such a church for them to check out. And you can help these folks meet the light Maybe you are the light that they are meeting that day. The last, practice, the, other, the last way to practice this is to find a few friends and to set aside a good time and place to prepare to encounter new humans. Now, there's a lot to say about this, but the core of it is this. How might you show up in public spaces and do small acts of kindness that break down the social barriers that we all throw up to keep ourselves separate? One of the best ways that I know of is the super-powered tool called the compliment. We actually see Jesus doing this in the text. This is when you are out somewhere and you offer a compliment based on a person's clothing, their style, their accessories, their general demeanor. One of the best modern examples of this is a comedian, a British comedian named um, Troy Hawk. Anybody familiar with this guy? Hysterical. Troy wears a scarlet satin smoking jacket, and he has a a mustache, and he wanders the streets of London, and in one set of videos, actually the streets of New York City, and he offers strangers compliments based on their style. And And this is anything from, like, those shoes are a fantastic shade of tangerine, and he keeps walking. Or, you exude wisdom and confidence from all angles, my friend. And he keeps going. You should find him on Instagram or probably the other things too. It's really, really heartwarming. And people respond with, style, with smiles and kind greetings in return or also compliments back at him. And in one video, this one woman says, who do you represent? And he says, I represent kindness and sharing a little light in the world. Y'all, this is the way. We don't need to sell anything. We just need to show up with kindness and let the light do its thing through us to help us meet the people that we need to meet. And we need to be ready and delighted to meet new people when we do. Our work neighborhood is to be ourselves and meet the folks that the light wants us to meet with grace and kindness and delight. The light meets us where we are. The light connects us with new people. The light draws more people into this work with us or draws us into the work with them. And all of this builds the beloved community of delight, joy, and love. 
neighbors and friends, this is what the light will do. May it be so. May it be so. Amen. Neighborhood Conversations produced by Neighborhood Church in Atlanta, Georgia. You can learn more about us at neighborhoodchurchatl.com. And on our website, you can find links to our weekly live streams. You can find out what's going on in the neighborhood. Find us on social media and don't forget to subscribe. Peace be with you.